most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fan Flex podcast. I am your host, Samit Verbiti, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat reporter whose work you can find on the Action Network and New Orleans Football. Mike, how are you? I guess you got yesterday off. I did yeah. just watch Red Zone. Well, and uh, I, I watched the Joe Mixon show and had him in one of the most God. important leagues. So I guess everybody already with the knife twist. On. <laughs> everybody, yeah, everybody either. Ha- well, I, I went against him in one, too. But it, you, yeah, I mean, everybody listening right now either had Joe Mixon or lost yesterday, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, the Panthers lost, but they also won because Ooh. we are just one right. more, more step closer to a better quarterback. So you feel actually the Panthers have made you feel better now about the dj Moore penalty two weeks ago it was like you got thrill of that play and you also are in play for the number one pick so things well, things are coming up roses i'm dead inside right now about this team <laughs> so i uh that yeah that gave me like that glimmer of hope that i actually my my boyfriend said to me that that was the most expressionate and upset he's ever seen me get about a game i mean i would full on like just on tilt of course because I saw the whole thing happen in week one with the bad kickers and yes it's just a brutal way to lose a game but in in perspective it's it's all fine we this is not our year it's fine <laughs> move on <laughs> from here but yes this this week's games were were certainly interesting I mean the Jets Bills game was crazy oh, yeah. right off the bat I mean just completely wild uh did not call that upset for sure um and there were a number of like i mean like mixon popped off for sure but then there were a number of kind of disappointing uh fantasy performances last week was just so big like it was just so high scoring and i think everyone's fantasy team did kind of well like all the stars kind of showed up yeah and that wasn't necessarily the case this week so can't have it every week i get that um but as far as things happening around the league uh let's just kick it off with odell beckham um, so the, the the fantasy trade deadline has passed. It wasn't nearly as eventful as I maybe had hoped for fantasy purposes. Right. And yes, I'm calling out the Packers for not making moves, but also like the Giants. I mean, there's just a number of teams out there that could potentially make a move for Odell, Odell Beckham, especially Packers now are super estimated at receiver. I know we're, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but um, do you have any kind of insider info or just thoughts about Odell Beckham going somewhere? Well, I don't know exactly where, except for I, th- I think Mike McCarthy had, I, I was just scrolling Twitter before we recorded this. I think he like openly talked about how he would fit with the Cowboys or something like that, or what a big fan of his game he is or something like that. And that's a fascinating place where he might land. But obviously, you know, would would land in a good spot. He's going to have suitors. He's going to want to go a contender. So wherever he goes, it's drum up enthusiasm. So yeah, if if people aren't paying attention uh, to, you know, all of a sudden Delta talk heating up, uh, this is the week to go get him on the waiver wire. Jay Glazer of, of Fox, obviously, is insider knowledge. He reported 
I think before Sunday's games that Odell is like hundred percent cleared as of this week or something. So it sounds like we're getting really close to the time when he's going to sign somewhere. And one other interesting name that sort of falls into the same category. I'm regretting now that I didn't pick up Odell in this league, but after the trade deadline, I'm in a uh, sort of a, a dynasty league. I took over a team, that, you know, I'm rebuilding the whole time. There's a 14 team league. I'm not in the top 12 in, in that 14 team <laughs> league. And I, picked up Calvin Ridley this week since Ooh. Jacksonville made such an investment on him. I thought, well, maybe I'll keep him next year, but uh, I wish I had uh, uh, also picked up Odell since I'm thinking ahead uh, to, to next year in, in that case. No, that Calvin Ridley trade will be very consequential, I think, for Trevor Lawrence's value next year because uh, they don't really have a, a number one. I mean, you call Christian Kirk number one, but certainly Calvin Ridley at full strength would be their number one. And that'll, that'll be very exciting to watch. We haven't seen him in a while, but um, he will be back next year. Uh, yeah. In terms of Beckham, the only bad place, I think, or not ideal place, but maybe the Rams have been uh, sort of rumored as a potential landing spot. I mean, obviously he would know the playbook a little bit better going into it, um, but the Rams team just looks very bad offensively. So that's probably the only place that I would not love for well, how about Green Bay? Do we want to see him in Green Bay? Because, uh, first of all, <laughs> Romeo Dubs gets hurt there. I, I don't know who we're going to recommend today on, on the waiver wire receiver uh, for, for the Packers, but they need somebody and they missed on the trade deadline. Like, would, would Odell Beckham go to die there or would he bring some life back to Green Bay? I I mean, it's got to be, a, it has to go up from here from the Packers. It's so bad. It's really painful to watch them. And that's another upset that I'd not predict so very surprising sort of outcomes there um we alluded to the panthers quarterback situation being an unmitigated trash fire obviously <laughs> pj walker benched mid-game he's already been announced as the starter for next week though sam Arnold has been activated baker mayfield we did see this week and he actually looked decent but it was like i mean it's, it was so garbage time at that point the game was so out of hand so i don't know uh if i have any, like, I don't know if I have more faith, less faith, if, you know, Darnold or, or Baker were, were the quarterback. It's kind of, how is this night different than any other night to me? Well, I know we're going to talk about Terrace Marshall with the receivers, and he got that touchdown late in the game, and it really didn't matter. And I don't even know if Carolina had all their starters on the field. I know I know Cincinnati didn't have theirs on the field anymore. But Terrace Marshall is already somebody we brought up last week. is kind of interesting because he has the pedigree of a, of a high draft pick who's finally getting his opportunity. Um, and he delivered on that. Um, it's hard to trust anybody in Carolina's office. The only thing I would say is, Atlanta has given up the most points to receivers all year. They get Atlanta in like three nights from now. Uh, that game should be pretty ugly. Maybe, maybe Carolina could score in that game. So maybe Terrace Marshall is a bi-week injury replacement possibility, but I'm not investing anything significant long-term in any Panthers, including, unfortunately, DJ Moore, who was one of those people who came crashing back down to earth that you were alluding to earlier. And yeah. Deontay Foreman also came <laughs> crashing back down to earth. Oh, yeah. No, in, in favor of Raheem Blackier, who was elevated from the practice squad this week. I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of a health game for fantasy, at least. And uh, maybe, hey, maybe the Panthers can blow another game with a field goal uh, attempt. But uh, yeah, don't pick so, up a Panthers kicker that, that if we can uh, if we give you advice that we know yeah. you can take to the bank that that's our number. I think that should be our number one. Wasn't the, the uh, wasn't the 
the kicker was the winner of the bears kicking contest, which I think, uh, oh my God, just it's so much trauma with kickers. But anyway, moving on, we had some news this morning that Colts head coach Frank Reich has been relieved of his duties. The Colts really struggled to, I mean, that's an understatement yesterday, three points yesterday, nine sacks allowed for a loss of 60 yards. I mean, the team ranks bottom six in offensive yards, dead last in offensive points per game, tied for the most turnovers, tied for the most interceptions, have allowed the most sacks per game. So it's been a terrible, terrible season. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mike? Well, my thought is, gave me my new favorite term, uh, just 90 seconds ago fantasy hellscape and it's, it's and here we go let's do it again fantasy hellscape i mean new coach jeff saturday i did not think that was i don't something. know I'd be like, is, learning <laughs> learning learning on a uh um uh monday but it's funny there is an old clip of of jeff saturday with uh peyton manning like arguing on the sideline where jeff saturday was screaming at peyton manning that they need to run the ball more so i guess if we're gonna figure out one thing from a former NFL center with no head coaching or play calling experience. Maybe he's going to want to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe it'll look like the current Titans offense with Derrick Henry and, and five pass attempts a game. Uh, uh, unfortunately, um, I don't know if that would help Deion Jackson. Uh, so I think the only, you know, did they get Zach Moss involved? Uh, um, you know, they brought Jordan Wilkins out of nowhere and he surpassed Philip Lindsay. So if, Jonathan Taylor not healthy. I don't trust any running backs in Indianapolis right now, but I, I guess maybe that's a team that's going to want to run the ball, but that doesn't do a lot of good when you're down as many points as they're probably going to be. It's, it, it, it's a stay away outside of him. Probably not good for oh. Michael Pittman. I saw a tweet today that was like the Titans are like Derrick Henry is the difference between the Titans being an NFL team and a high school football team. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, I mean the, he is the numbers of that him. game last night. Unbelievable. The passage, like Pat Mahomes, 68 pass attempts <laughs> and, and, and five completions from Malik Willis. And that game went to yep. overtime. I, Playing completely different football. So yes, a very strange game. I live bet the Chiefs minus two and a half. I just stirred at my phone until it dropped to two and a half. <laughs> like literally just poking it and making sure it would refresh in time. And then you're, you're like, oh my God, I got it in, in time before it changes, of course, because that's when all the money comes in on two and a half. So I was glad that I waited until it got that low. Um, but yeah, Mike alluded to it before that you had the day off yesterday. So talk to us about tonight's Saints game. Well, I think there's a lot of interesting things for the waiver wire show that uh, obviously some people will listen to this before the game. Some people listen to it after, but we're going to find out a lot more about whether Isaiah Likely and Devin Duvernay can be somewhat useful in, in Baltimore's passing game because they're going to be without um, obviously Rashad Bateman for the rest of the year and Mark Andrews tonight. Now they have a bye coming up next week, so Andrews should be back. I don't know how much we'll necessarily learn about Isaiah Likely, but if he's really good, he could earn a spot as their number two pass catcher alongside Mark Andrews going forward. And, and I mean, Duvernay is going to have every opportunity in this game because um, he's the only like healthy receiver left uh, for Baltimore and the saints are still what without are you saying about Demarcus Rod Robinson. Well, he's been on the injury report all week too. So I, I, if he is playing, he's, he's a little banged up. So 
you know, Duvernay really should have an opportunity and, and, and yeah, the saints are still without their top cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore. So, um, you know, if he doesn't come through tonight, then it's going to be hard to consider him someone to pick up moving forward. And we're going to find out a lot about the Ravens running backs too. Um, I think Kenyon Drake will have a big opportunity, but if Kenyon Drake doesn't, uh, look like somebody who's going to like take over this you know, job. I don't know what he could do to take over the job. Gus Edwards is kind of a sneaky fantasy pickup. Uh, no one will be interested in him after he's ruled out for this game, but uh, he should be back after the buy and he should return to be number one. So he could be a, a slide on your uh, fantasy bench. And the same thing I do not know yet as, as of recording time, if Jarvis Landry is going to play for the saints, if he does, I think he'll still be pretty limited, but very close. He returned to practice this week. Michael Thomas ruled out for the rest of the year. So he's very close to returning and being the number two wide receiver for the Saints. So he's a guy that even if he doesn't play tonight or has a quiet night tonight is someone to look at as a future investment. Nice. Yeah. So I was talking about this before the show. I made some very suspect line lineup decisions in one league. I actually won a clean sweep. My, my, I could clean sweep all my leagues this week, which has not happened because I've just had like alternating weeks, basically like they just never win at the same time. So it came down to some really bad lineup decisions <laughs> here. And now the, the long story short is that I need 27 points from Alvin Kamara tonight. So I'm really hoping for a big Kamara game, which um, it, like, you know, just fingers crossed. I might, I might do a hedge bet here, you know, like something against it, just, just to give me some consolation if he does not get me there. Uh, but to your point about Gus Edwards, he is 51% rostered and I assume that will drop because it's looking like he's not going to play and then they've got the buy. So I would definitely keep an eye on him because he is a, the one that I would prefer to have over King on Drake when they're both healthy. And I mean, Drake could easily be a dip in this game. So uh, yeah, I have little faith in him. I have more faith in Isaiah Likely and Devin DuVernay because we've actually seen them do it. And Isaiah Likely was actually pretty solid last week with Mark Andrews leaving the game with a shoulder injury. So fingers crossed on him as well. Um, in terms of injuries, we had a lighter week. Uh, a lot of Packers guys got banged up in that game. Holy moly. Um, just offensively. I mean, there were a lot of guys that I know all, all around, they had a lot of injuries, but um, Christian Watson got a, a potentially his second concussion in a row, which is definitely very scary. Could, could mean a longer absence. Um, Romeo Dobbs in a walking boot on crutches. I mean, I think they ran out of walking boots at the, the Packers facility of a high ankle sprain expected to miss a few weeks and an already kind of decimated uh, sort of pass catching core. We've got Aaron Jones also got an ankle injury, but is expected to play for week 10. So it wasn't as uh, serious as we maybe feared. And then Evan Ingram had a back injury, but should also be fine for week 10. Uh, did you have any other injuries that you noticed around the league or no? No, I mean, it just, it just makes me wonder what you're supposed to do with all those Green Bay injuries. Um, you know, does AJ Dillon become more of a pass catch or become run at all? Does mm -hmm. Robert Tunyon become a little more reliable? Do you dare add Sammy Watkins? But um, I, I guess it makes Alan Lazard more valuable, but um, For sure. I, I don't know who's, who's, who's resting there. All right. I'm going to turn my skin around by investing in green Bay <laughs> Packers. Right. Yeah. All I know is that I want nothing to do with ayahuasca Aaron on my fantasy team. So I know like uh, there are just, I've been saying that for a while, but there are certainly some people that still have him rostered. And at this point I have very little faith in him. If he can't, if he can't light up the lines, like 
crazy. You might, uh, you might just get relegated to CFL. Like, I'm sorry, I don't make the rules, but if you can't take advantage of that matchup, it's, it's just disappointing for sure. Um, all right, let's just move on to waivers by position. So as a reminder, we've got six teams returning from by, thankfully, Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, 49ers, and then the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets will be going on by. So you're going to have to find replacements for Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Mark Andrews, Ramon Stevenson, some of the Jets guys, if you're you're still starting them. <laughs> now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So in terms of quarterback, at least, you know, if you are a Jackson or a Burrow manager, my favorite would probably be Daniel Jones. And, you know, I'm just ready to get hurt again with Daniel Jones, which is sad. But of course, the week that all of the fantasy community it wasn't just me, like I was on an island, everyone went all in on Daniel Jones. And of course, he just implodes against the Seahawks, should have been a good matchup, finishes the QB 25, his worst finish of the season. Uh, I mean, they didn't add any receivers which stinks for him. So he's going to have to stick with Richie James and Wandale Robinson <laughs> and Darius Slayton, but a star-studded receiving core. But uh, he will be well-rested coming off of the bye to face the Texans, who entered the week ranked 30th in defensive DVOA. He is averaging 45 rushing yards per game. So I think he's a viable fill-in and potentially with the Lions um, in week 11 too, he could be more of a two-week type fill-in if you are streaming guys. Um, Jared Goff also sort of attractive. I mean, the Bears defense is just looking like a team that you can stream against. He is 49% rostered. I mean, he was okay this week against the Packers, but I mean, they, they, of course, you're going to run the ball against the Packers a lot more than pass it because they just have a terrible run defense. So um, I think that he could be interesting. And then the last one that I'll mention is Jimmy G coming off the bye. He's 39% roster. He has not broken 20 fantasy points, which is kind of like the magic number for quarterbacks, but he's been really consistent. I mean, he has at least 17 fantasy points in five of seven games he's played this year. So he offers you a pretty high floor and he's got the Chargers and Cardinals next. So I think um, he'll be definitely a viable option, especially with CMC on the team who kind of fits with that like dump off type pass that Jimmy Garoppolo likes. The Andy Dalton's later on this list, we could have put him in the watch the Saints Ravens game to see how you feel about him uh, because this is a tough defense he's facing. He has not 
historically done great in prime time, including a couple weeks ago, uh, Thursday night at Arizona. Uh, but they're at Pittsburgh next week, which is which a better matchup for him. So he could be added. That makes, I like Danny Jones though, too. I, I, if if I needed to pick someone off off the waiver wire, I would not hesitate to add Daniel Jones. Big uh, dilemma is going to be. I have a league where I have Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones together, and uh, I, I don't oh, know. God. It's an, actually what an a decision to make on Russell Wilson <laughs> that that's the decision that we have to I make. Uh, it's too bad I didn't add Justin Fields sooner in that league. He's not on this list for the first time in like four weeks. Because uh, he's uh, like seventy percent yeah, rostered now. I know. He's, well, I mean, there's still it, time for some late comers, but he <laughs> will. True. All of a sudden, you're gonna have to pay for him. <laughs> Look, I have been on the Justin Fields hype train forever, so I'm just happy to see him succeed finally. And I mean, Chase Claypool didn't really make an impact in this game, but I think the addition will help. I mean, it's, it's you know he was just traded, so hopefully that that'll be a nice. Uh, sort of addition for him but we're seeing life from Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet which is really nice um so at least those guys maybe will end up being fantasy relevant just you know 10 weeks too late <laughs> but uh as far as other quarterbacks I just want to say I was on the fantasy pros podcast this morning and someone was trying to sell me on Kenny Pickett uh, what, what do you, what do you think of him? He's 7% rostered and their, their argument was that, you know, it's, it, it's an unfair sample that they sent him out there against, you know, the bills and the Eagles in his first couple starts. I think in real life, we can't make up our mind on Kenny Pickett yet, but, uh, I just don't know how you can have confidence in, in the Steelers offense in general for fantasy. So, I mean, Maybe if you're desperate, they're going to be hosting the Saints next week and, and they'll have had time to sort of retool and decide what they want their offense to look like going forward. But, um, you know, I don't if you don't want Najee Harris, if you don't want <laughs> uh, if you can't trust um, um, Deontay Johnson, then it's hard to all of a sudden think Kenny Pickett's a savior for fantasy, too. I agree. Well, on to running backs. Uh, you know, it's it's a very lean week, I would say, for running backs and wide receivers, which stinks because um, we've got, you know, another four weeks, uh, a four, another four teams on by right now. So I actually relaxed the uh, sort of threshold here slightly. I usually use 50% on Yahoo as kind of the threshold. Um, but I wanted to mention Jeff Wilson yeah. Jr., who's 50 52% rostered. I mean, cue the whole like Undertaker gif because we totally wrote this guy off for dead after being, you know, underwhelming. And then Christian McCaffrey joins the 49ers, but now he's traded to Miami. And Right out of the gate, Crazy. he's out snapping Keem Mostert, nine carries for 51 yards and caught three passes for 21 yards and a touchdown. I think that involvement in the passing game is really key because Mostert wasn't involved there. And that wasn't something that we was, we were seeing in San Francisco before. So, I mean, we've seen him be productive. He was the RB12 weeks two through five after Elijah Mitchell was hurt. I mean, I don't know how many games, uh, you know, 67 point games that the Dolphins are going to be involved in. They don't get to pay to play the Bears every week, but I think they could probably develop in some, into some kind of like 1A, 1B situation with Raheem Mostert. Uh, they do get to play the Browns next week, whose defense is really, really terrible against the run. Bottom five and fantasy points allowed to running backs. So I think he'll be kind of in that RB3 flex range next week, just based on the matchup and sort of what we just saw there. In terms of some other guys, I mean, it gets really thin really fast. Hmm. Chuba Hubbard wouldn't be probably 
Um, my next pick here, he's 33% roster, didn't play this week, but he did log a limited practice during the week. So I think he's probably close. And I think, you know, the, the thing with Foreman is that he just got so game scripted out of this game. They were down so badly that they were just like, let's mix it up with Raheem Blackshear. And I think that, um, you know, that could be a, a, a familiar game script for the rest of the year for the Panthers. They could be trailing a lot. And I like Hubbard's usage in the passing game. So this will probably be another committee type thing in a lower upside offense, but at least I think he will see the volume. And then we've got a number of guys that are kind of in this similar category of like, they maybe need an injury to be super relevant, but Rashad White and Jalen Warren, I will say Jalen Warren yeah. outperformed Najee Harris before the bye, despite being out snapped 54 to 22. So, I mean, Harris, obviously the alpha, he, he's got the pedigree. He had the amazing season last year, but Warren has been the more effective of the two, 5.3 yards per attempt to Harris's 3.3. That's a huge difference to me. So I think that he could end up sort of carving out a little bit of a standalone role, but you know, you mentioned it, the Steelers offense isn't, isn't one that you want to invest too heavily in. Do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, no, any I other guys are the guys that I mentioned. I had a lot of the same names. I mean, we, we just mentioned Gus Edwards at 51% who, who could see kind of the list at 52% is the threshold um, this week. The, the thing with Jeff Wilson is uh, I think the touchdown might be a little misleading because he didn't get a lot of work near the goal line, but I mean, you have to, you have to like what you see from, how much they trusted him right away. If anything, his role should probably only grow. And they went and traded for him for a reason. So um, yeah, I'd have a little confidence picking him up. Uh, I, I hate 50, 50 timeshares like that. And it hurts Raheem Mostert probably more than it helps Jeff Wilson, but I'd have confidence in him. Uh, I was going to mention Chuba Hubbard too, because, you know, we've said it the last couple of weeks, he was the guy that got the start ahead of Deontay Foreman after they traded McCaffrey. He got more touches. He definitely gets more work in the passing game. They were intending sort of lead with him before uh, Foreman played so well that, that that probably changed the pecking order there. But when Hubbard comes back, F. Foreman had a little bit of a quiet week, and and if they're playing catch up, he he could theoretically become one A there, but definitely one B. And and Jalen Warren, um, they had a bye week. Maybe they discussed some ways to get him more involved to revive their offense a little bit. And I'd put Rashad White in the same boat uh, as, as a guy um, who Tampa Bay is clearly trying to get involved, even though he hasn't really been more effective than Leonard Fournette. But um, all of those guys are guys who are ha having roles currently and would have even bigger roles if the starter ever got hurt they'd, they'd sort of be the number one all by themselves and you could say the same for for Dalton Hilliard with uh the Tennessee Titans he did not do much this week but that is a team that only runs the ball um <laughs> so their number two running back basically means number two playmaker <laughs> definitely yeah and Rashad White season high eight carries for 27 yards. I know that that's, that's not impressive in any way, right. but Leonard Fournette only saw nine carries for 19 yards. So, I mean, that split on the ground alone should worry Fournette managers. Now Fournette was involved in the passing game for sure, but yeah, at the very minimum, he is an insurance policy for Fournette managers and he could kind of develop and he's got the Seahawks next week. So I think that that should be at least a nice matchup there. Um, in terms of wide receivers, so we already kind of talked about Terrace Marshall. He is 6% rostered. So our DJ Moore dream had to die. So Terrace Marshall could live, uh, but it is two weeks in a row 
that are good for fantasy. Uh, he caught four of nine for 87 yards against Atlanta and then three of six for 53 yards in a touchdown against the Bengals, in spite of a mid-game change at quarterback. So, I mean, you got to you got to at least say give credit where credit is due because a lot of people wrote him off after last year being pretty disappointing and he's dealing with a tumultuous at best quarterback situation this year and still kind of putting up numbers so um i think that you know against uh, against the the falcons this this week he definitely be vital you know he did well last week and um Atlanta's pass defense is just so exploitable. So I really like him there. Um, Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, I just grouped them together. If you can get one of them, I guess, maybe because again, like, you know, the Giants didn't add someone. And if they don't add Odell Beckham, they're stuck with who they have. They got rid of Kadarius Tony, who, by the way, miraculously healed from the hamstring strain um, playing on the Chiefs. Weird how that happens. But uh, the the Giants, as mentioned, they get the Texans and the Lions next. So uh, both guys could be relatively low upside plays but at least in a deeper league if you need like a warm body uh deandre carter of the chargers 31 percent rostered he entered the week with an illness did play i mean they're they're just so decimated at receiver uh no mike williams no Keenan allen williams dealing with a high ankle sprain and allen uh you know earlier in the week he was saying to media that he was a hundred percent he had not been a hundred percent before he's a hundred percent now and then he's a rolled out so presumably has suffered some kind of setback um and just knowing his history and his age i mean it certainly feels like it carter will have some more opportunities there behind josh palmer and then uh, you know the list thins from there and Nicole hardman would probably be my next guy but you know he's he, he might be a little bit of fool's gold what about you mike well, I'll give you a little bit of a pat on the back first of for last week's list because the first two names on it that aren't on it anymore were Josh Palmer and Rondale Moore, uh, and they both delivered. Uh, and they're only like 71, 72% rostered. So uh, both of them, I think. Yeah, Palmer, really, sure. Yeah, yeah, really good targets. Uh, well, Rondale Moore is now kind of permanently in the slot. So even when Marquise Brown goes back, at least they know where he's supposed to play in this offense. Um, so so those are two guys to look for if if – you know, if 70% is, if you're in the 30% of leagues, um, the only problem with, I was going to say the only problem with adding Harris Marshall this week, you would then feel like you should watch the Atlanta Carolina game on Thursday night. So it would be, uh, <laughs> that would be, a, oh, that would be a negative reason to invest in any of those. Um, I, I, sorry if you did, I know it's on your list, but did you mention Donovan Peoples Jones? He might sneak under the radar since they were on a bye week, but um, he's, he's carved out a little bit of a role. Uh, Cleveland. And, and I mentioned earlier, Jarvis Landry, like I said, I don't know for sure if he's going to play Monday night or be limited, but he is very close to coming back. He's missed a lot of time, but when he comes back, he's going to be the number two receiver in the saints offense next to Chris Olave. And it's going to be number two permanently. So we found out Michael Thomas is out for the rest of the year. Um, so he, he's a guy that I think belongs uh, certainly higher on the list than some of these people. I noticed you did not mention Sammy Watkins though. No, no faith, <laughs> no faith there. Huh? Well, <laughs> I, I just have little faith that Sammy Watkins can really be in a featured role just yeah. based on the fact that he's made of glass. I do have one more. Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo. Uh, He was 
uh, really hot. I, I picked him up too many times before the season started uh, <laughs> and have dropped him. So I'm disappointed to see that he seems to be getting his rollback in Buffalo in, in a place where uh, he's started to get a little more traction, even with Josh Allen only throwing for like 200 and some yards. So when Josh Allen starts throwing for 400 and some <laughs> yards again, um, he, he's a sneaky good pickup, I think. Definitely. And yeah, I like the Donovan Peoples-Jones call for sure. David Njoku's out and Deshaun Watson could be inching back, you know, in, in, a, in a few weeks, at least on the horizon. And Harrison Bryant is not the answer. So uh, I think that, you know, the targets have to go somewhere. So Peoples-Jones definitely be the beneficiary because Amari Cooper can't carry all the water for the Browns. Uh, so finally, on to tight ends, our favorite position. Uh, Greg Dulcich is a frequent flyer on this report, and he's only 35% roster. They were on by. So I think that his roster should probably just just dropped, but I think that he's not a one week fill in. He's the type of guy that, you know, could end up giving you the rest of season value if you are really lean in position. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that drafted someone like Dawson Knox or, or Mike Asiki, or, you know, the, the guys are pretty unpredictable. And I actually really like Dulcich uh, in London, caught four or five targets for 87 yards. We've talked about him being everything that Albert or uh, should have been this season. Um, but yeah, Dulcich is the tight end four on a per game basis since joining the team in week six behind only George Kittle, Travis Kelsey and Dallas Goddard. So that is a pretty good list uh, to be among um, other guys that I, I, I like Cade Otten for sure. Uh, he ended up seeing a much bigger role in this, in this game. And he gets the Seahawks next week, widely available at 11% rostered. And then we mentioned Cole Komet earlier finding the end zone and, and, you know, just this whole Bears offense looking a lot more competent. So they get the Lions, Falcons, and Jets next. I mean, that's are a little bit di more difficult than historically we've we've thought of them as. But the Falcons and Lions are exactly what we thought they'd be. Yeah, and I like that the names on the top of this list are, are young guys with upside. Like uh, uh, Otten, uh, well, it was funny. I picked up Otten in a couple leagues, but then when I saw Mark Andrews was uh, – was out. I think, I think I dropped him in two of those leagues and added Isaiah likely instead. And then I was like, Oh shoot, did I get too good? Should I have just stuck, stuck with Otten? But I mean, I, this role is going to grow. I mean, um, Otten's getting those looks even when I had uh, Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin on the field. So, I, I mean, I, I know they've had tight end injuries, but I, I feel like that he's going to keep growing in that offense. I'm a little more leery of Cole Komet because, um, because we you were know. burned early season. Yeah, we were burned, but I just don't know how much of a passing attack the Bears are going to have, even though that has grown uh, more in recent weeks. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess if you have to pick somebody up, he can only go up. But yeah, that that, that one's harder to invest in. But Dolcich, I, I really like and, and probably did slip under the radar. He, he was a guy who, who was really trending up. And the only reason he's only 35% rostered is because he had the bye week. Uh, Noah Fant um, showed up again a little bit. He's teased us a lot before in the past. Uh, but, but again, the pedigree all, and like yeah, the, all these guys know. are. Yeah. Well, so yeah, the pedigree I, I, and I the upside. I certainly like him. In, in an offense that is looking a lot better than we had ever predicted for sure. So uh, uh, yeah, I like him and some other names, Hunter Henry had a nice day, James Mitchell had a nice day. I mean, that tight end position is now vacated with TJ Hawkinson off to Minnesota. So, I mean, that's a super deep league type thing. If, you, yeah. if you're, if you're looking for someone that is out there in pretty much every league. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, I think that'll do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Flex. Thank you everyone so much for joining. And do not forget to email those mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Otherwise, we will see you all next week.